1: your buddy, kind of guy you can drink a beer with. Start your engine!
0: It's the Nick D Podcast.
2: All right, all right, all right. It is the Nick D Podcast. How are you doing? My name is Nick DiGiulio. I am your host. It is episode number 205. It is a Tuesday right here. And welcome to the Nick Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the greatest podcast network in the world. Please check out all the other podcasts that are available here at Radio Misfits. Uh, they vary. They're incredible. They're entertaining. They're funny. They're informative. They're uh, scary. They're very funny and, and awesome. Uh, they cover the gamut of all kinds of entertainment and information. It's the best podcast network in the world, and you should check it out. It's all free, radiomisfits.com. We also have a 24-hour streaming service that you should check out which is constantly streaming great episodes of podcasts and really cool unheard music. It's free. It's like radio, only a lot cooler. Radiomisfits.live. All right, it is episode number 205 of the Nick D podcast. It is the day after Christmas, if you are listening to this in a timely fashion. I hope everybody had a lovely Christmas. I hope you got what you wanted. I hope you had time to spend with your family. I hope everybody is very happy during this festive holiday season. And uh, And if I didn't wish you a Merry Christmas, well, it's belated, but... Merry Christmas to you for 2023. Coming up on this episode, Dan Feinberg is going to join me for his bi-weekly visit. This is a big one, though, because we are going to talk about the best shows uh, that you could see in 2023. Dan Feinberg, who writes for The Hollywood Reporter, and he's got a website called The Fine Print and a blog, and that's F-I-E-N. He also hosts a great podcast called TV's Top 5. Uh, Dan Feinberg joins me uh, every uh, a couple of weeks to talk about television. There's a lot of television out there, a lot of streaming services, and we love talking to Dan, and you guys love it when I talk to Dan. So a lot of people watch TV. There's so much TV. We are at a time when there is an overwhelming amount of television to choose from, and Dan Feinberg is here to help, to review, and to get you through all of that. And we are going to talk about the very best television of 2023. There was a lot of it. We're going to sift through it. And Dan's going to tell us all about the best stuff that he saw on television in 2023 and how you can watch it as well. So the great Dan Feinberg TV talk, best of 2023 is coming up. Esmeralda Leon, my good buddy, she'll be joining me for another visit. We'll talk about uh, how her Christmas went. And we've got a magic megaphone request. By the way, if you want a magic megaphone request, I have a magic megaphone sitting right next to me. I will speak into it or record something into it. It'll be played back through the ether exclusively for you. So whatever you want me to say or whatever you want to hear through that magic megaphone, Either leave it on a voicemail or give us an email and say, I want this said into the Magic Megaphone. You'll hear it. You'll get a personal request. You'll get a shout-out on the podcast. And tons and tons and tons and thousands and thousands and thousands of people will hear your exclusive Magic Megaphone request. You can leave your Magic Megaphone request via email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com, and use that email address for any other conversations that you want to have. Or you can leave it on our voicemail system, which is open 24-7 for you. Anytime you want to say something, a contribution, a question, a magic megaphone request, anything at all you want to say, do it any time of the day because it's open 24-7 and it's for you. Voicemail us, 773-417-6948. Esmeralda and I are also going to be getting back to the uh, dumb warnings and witty, witty retorts and so much fun stuff as we are smack dab in the middle of Christmas and New Year's for 2023. Um, that's all that's that's all coming up on the show. Now, as you know, normally my father stops by to tell a joke on Tuesday. Uh, But we're taking a little break from that segment because my father um, has been under the weather. My mother has been under the weather as well, uh, dealing with some medical and mental and physical problems um, with my elderly parents right now. And as an only child, it's not easy. And uh, a shout out to all the only children out there who have to do this kind of stuff. But it's been a very stressful time uh, for my folks. And my dad um, just uh, had a pacemaker put in. So he's recovering from some uh, procedures and some medical stuff. So we're taking a break uh, from the jokes for a little while, although he keeps telling jokes. I will tell you this, the, the time that uh, that he spent in the hospital, most of that was him telling jokes to people who were trying to poke him and prod him and examine him and make him feel better. But the jokes still came. So anyway, he's taking a little break. We're taking a little break from that segment, but he will be back in the new year, and hopefully everything will be great. And every Tuesday, you will hear the much coveted, the much beloved Nick dad, Nick's dad tells a joke. So... That's all coming up, and uh, we'll get back to that segment soon. Hi, oh. I'm
1: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know
2: you do. Hi, that. I'm Carrie yeah. Russell,
1: and I love Nick's show.
2: Lots of uh, presents under the tree still for uh, for Carrie out there on my back porch. So I hope you enjoy them. All right, so I hope everybody had a great Christmas, um, and uh, you know, wishing well uh, to my folks uh, as they continue to uh, to get better. And uh, and thanks for all the support, by the way, uh, for everything that you guys have done to help me out. I do have a GoFundMe page out there. Um, you know, you never have enough money, and my folks certainly didn't. <laughs> my folks certainly don't. So I do have a GoFundMe page out there. If you want to help out, that would be fantastic, and I would appreciate that beyond, uh, beyond all recognition. It's been very, very difficult, and uh, i got a GoFundMe page. Just Google Nick DiGilio, D-I-G-I-L-A-O, Nick DiGilio, Google uh, GoFundMe. It's a GoFundMe page that help out my folks with all the medical and all the bills and all the stuff that comes in when two elderly parents get sick at the same time. It's an amazing time in the world when that happens. But anyway, if you want to help me out, I do have a GoFundMe page out there. If you want to donate, that would be awesome. So anyway, Esmeralda Leon Leon's going to join me later. We're going to uh, have some fun there. And right after uh, we hear about an incredible book that you should buy or get the audio of and listen to, it's a great book. You should check it out. Dan Feinberg is going to join me with the best television of 2023. Hey there. Are you tired of that same old, the same old stories? Well, buckle up because Brian Alaspas Devoured, yeah, that's right, Brian Alaspas Devoured, is about to take you on a wild ride. St. Louis is teetering on the edge with riots, unrest, and the mayor's downright stubborn insistence that the 4th of July must go on, but don't tell that to public safety manager Logan Field. He's got problems bigger than the most overcooked barbecue. With a deadly attack, a missing boy, and mysterious events that make your Aunt Sally's ghost stories look like a fairy tale, something sinister is brewing in the city. Logan's at his wits' end. The only help he can find is a struggling hunter and a professor who's a whiz with ancient evils. It sounds like the start of a bad joke, right? But there's nothing funny about what's awakening in St. Louis. So join the race against time as this unlikely trio faces down and evil as old as time itself. Think your commute's tough? Try saving a city from being, you guessed it, devoured. Brian Alaspa's Devoured will have you laughing and gasping and frantically flipping pages. So grab some popcorn, turn down those lights, and dive into a world where saving the city just might be the craziest 4th of July ever, and trust us, it's more exciting than a sparkler, and the only thing that might get burned is the midnight oil as you read till dawn. Brian Elaspa's Devoured. Thrilling, chilling, and the perfect way to spice up your summer. It's available now in paperback for Kindle, exclusively through Amazon.com. Brian Elaspa's Devoured.
0: Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jag from somewhere else Dan Feinberg
2: and as I say every uh, every time we talk to Dan which the regularly scheduled visits with Dan are every other week to talk TV that other that somewhere else is L.A. Dan writes for The Hollywood Reporter. You can check him out at hollywoodreporter.com. He also has a, uh, a website himself and a blog and all kinds of great stuff under The Fine Print. That's F-I-E-N because that's how he spells his last name. He's our TV guy, Dan Feinberg. Hi, Dan. Happy holidays, Nick. Happy holidays to you. We're smack dab in the middle of, uh, of them. Well, we're getting towards the end of, uh, of the year because this is the day after Christmas for people who might not know. That's what's happening
0: it right now. It is indeed. What did
2: Santa bring you, Nick? Oh, so much. I can't even I can't even count. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He brought, me, he, brought, he, he brought me this. Hi,
1: I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
0: That was the Christmas present that I got. Oh, I that didn't. is both the gift that keeps giving and the ultimate gift of, of the holidays I and agree. all seasons.
2: And that's the, that's the gift that keeps giving for many years because she actually said that in 2008. So that's how long
0: <laughs>
2: she's been saying that on my we show. Were all
0: so, we were all so youthful and innocent exactly. back then.
2: Exactly, yes. And she was just, I think at that point, she was just a waitress, if I'm not mistaken. That was her... <laughs>
0: She was she was felicity and a waitress. She wasn't an American yet, nor a diplomat.
2: As, uh, the, so there
0: you go. No no one knew at that time how exciting she was going to become as a dramatic actor. That's Everyone right. just knew that we we fell in love with her curly hair. So That's right. That's
2: exactly right. She had not been chased up a tree by a bear on cocaine at that point. So um there you go.
0: <sighs> that would be that would be how she would probably want us to lead her biography, <laughs> yeah, I believe.
2: Exactly. Star cocaine, cocaine,
0: bear. cocaine Bear Star Carrie Co- Russell Cocaine says. Bear
2: Star you might remember her from Antlers Carrie Russell uh so anyway. <laughs> all right well uh we do have year end stuff that we want to get to um you actually uh you do this do you, do you enjoy doing the year end things is it one of your favorite things do you I mean does it drive you crazy <sighs> honestly you do a lot it,
0: you over the years you do rankings and things like that yeah and i look i i am absolutely a a ranking type person it is the way my brain works i like yeah. doing it i some years more other years less this year was honestly a bit of a a pain in the ass i mean we'll we'll talk about it when we actually get to my top 10 or we'll talk about it now it doesn't really matter it's all the same yeah. uh just for whatever reason my list this year was three shows long. And then <laughs> that meant that the next 17 could have been any number of shows in any order. And those 17 probably could have been like 30 shows. But really and truly, my list was three shows and then seven shows I was feeling like having on the top 10 on any given day. So it's entirely possible that between the time we have this conversation and the time that your (laughs) listeners hear it, I will have decided I would have rather had like four shows in my top 10. So yeah, it's uh, honestly sort of banging this top 10 into shape was more difficult this year okay.
2: than some years, I think. All right. Well, I can't wait to get to to the list and hear those the the, the three that were for sure. Those are uh, the, the 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 list that had only three, and then everything else that uh, that you added. So that'll be cool. Uh, I have not put together my TV uh, uh, list or anything like that because I've just uh, you know been concentrating on the movie list and getting that out and having people you know yell at me about things that I have or don't have on those lists, um, which is a, that is the way. Yeah, that is the way. But last year, I have to say, last year was the was one of the years where um, I literally hated everything that everybody loved last year, uh, film wise. Um, and and it wasn't that wasn't on purpose. That's just what happened. And when the Academy Awards were announced, the nominations were announced. Um, I was like, wow, okay, there are nine movies nominated. I hate seven of them, um, and I and I love one, and I like the other, and. The, yeah, the only one that I loved was Banshees. Banshees was the only movie on the the nominations list that I loved, and the only one that I didn't hate was the movie where people were puking and having diarrhea on the boat. That, um, <laughs> um the uh, tri- yes. triangle, triangle, sadist, triangle. Status.
0: They, all I remember is they were doing it for about seventeen hours. That yeah. was yeah. Uh, yeah. as I as I yeah. keep saying, I am still watching that movie. I know I the, it, it it the second act of that going.
2: movie. <laughs> the second act of that movie was one of the most joyous forty minutes I've spent in a movie theater last year, but a year before last. Sorry. Uh, But anyway, so, yeah, and I hated everything else, and I was just, like, I was in the minority on everybody, everything, everywhere, all at once, all that crap, and I didn't like that, and, like, Elvis was, everybody's talking about Elvis, and there's all these movies that came out last, Top Gun, I didn't give a shit about Top Gun, I was just like, what the, this year, I mean, you know, looking at my list, my favorite movie of the year, and this doesn't happen very often, actually, very rarely does it happen, my favorite movie of 2023 was also happened to be the, the biggest box office hit, which just doesn't happen, um, you know, so Barbie was my favorite movie of, of 2023.
0: So the Super Mario Brothers movie, it was your favorite <laughs> that movie. That was I it. Mean, yeah, totally it was a super, <laughs> super Mario Brothers movie. Whichever. But,
2: but it doesn't really happen. I'm like, oh, okay, my favorite movie. I, people can't yell at me about my favorite movie of the year because apparently people liked it. So uh, it's an unusual situation. But I've been dealing with all that, couldn't get to TV, and that's why I can't wait to hear her. Uh, your
0: thoughts well i'm happy to push you in uh, several directions and and give you some (laughs) reminders and all of that stuff
2: awesome okay cool well before we do you know i don't know this is you know i don't want to keep doing this every time we talk every couple of weeks (laughs) talking about um incredibly talented gifted people who who brought incredible art and just gifts to to the world of television uh, and how they pass away. The last time we spoke, we we, we talked about the great Norman Lear, who was 101. Uh, and now uh, it's Andre Brouwer. Andre Brower who was 40 years younger than Norman Lear. Andre Brouwer passed away. Um, and uh, I was shocked, I think, as everyone, and we were talking about this um, – before we started uh, recording, it was it was now so it was we do know how he passed away. It was lung cancer, but he was very private about
0: about his condition and things like that. That is that is what the good pe- that is what the good and very intrusive people of TMZ are saying. And oh. I, I, I have no reason to think they'd be wrong. So so yes, that is apparently the situation when when his death was announced, it was just an, announced as a short illness. But apparently he was diagnosed fairly recently. And it went fast, which yeah. you know is just awful. But awful.
2: Sixty-one years old, Andre Brower. Um, talk about talk about him. Uh, uh, Andre Brower. People might remember him from so many things. I mean, the first thing that pops into my head as soon as anybody says Andre Brower is Frank Pendleton is
0: is, is homicide. Um, but he did much more than that. Yeah, I think I think there is some kind of depending on what your. Genre sensibilities are certainly people who are are fans of police procedurals and who who were of a certain age back in the er, mid 90s when broadcast television was what it was and he was the king of acting on broadcast television. No uh, definitely, homicide is the thing that people think of. I think there is a a younger audience now that thinks of him from Brooklyn Nine Nine, sure. uh, mm-hmm. largely, and and that's okay because the thing that's great about those two roles is that they they are not particularly duplicative and so you can yeah. go okay there's there is a master doing one thing masterfully and there is a master doing another thing masterfully um i definitely i rewatched glory i guess oh, man. Yeah. uh i don't know probably six months ago or something for the first time in a long time and yeah. it, it is so shocking to know and be aware that that was his first movie role, and apparently allegedly his first screen filmed role of any kind
2: it's uh,
0: I haven't done research to see if he did a guest starring role on a TV show, but in any case you're talking about an actor with no movie credits who is just tremendous in glory. He is every yeah. bit as good as Denzel Washington who won the Oscar for that yep. role great um, and it's it's also interesting because the perception of him. When he started Brooklyn Nine Nine, was that it was surprising for him to do comedy, and and there were several reasons why that was, and part of it was that people didn't really watch Men of a Certain Age on TNT, where he did a lot of comedic stuff. Yeah, and I'm I'm uh, glad
2: that you mentioned that, Dan, because I oh. love that show. I loved Men of a Certain Age. It only lasted two seasons, and um, I I loved everything about that show. It was one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite shows, and I had happened to, I was maybe only a couple of years younger than the guys in it. And it was one of those shows because it was one of those shows that hit me in kind of the same way that sideways did where it like really struck, you know, you know, what was happening. And and I, I, I suddenly started to identify with these guys. I'm like, Oh man, I guess I am that age. Um, but I loved everything about it. I thought Romano was great. I thought state Bakula was great. Everybody. And, and Andre Brower was fantastic in that. And it was, and he was, he was really, you know, I I always I mentioned that to people when we were discussing Andre Brown, I'm like, you gotta go back. If you've not seen it, you got to check out it's only two seasons you can get through at men of a certain age. Cause it was terrific. And I was, I was sad to see that show. I was sad to see that show when it went, I was sad that it went
0: two seasons, but they are both on max right now. So unlike, unfortunately unlike homicide, which is not yeah. available streaming. And as always the, the conventional wisdom is that it's music rights in some way, shape or form, because that's almost always the answer, but it's, it's such a, a sad travesty that you can't point people to that show and that role because it is unquestionably, it's just on a different level from so much that was being done at that moment. It's yeah. it's, a, its a premium cable anti-hero type role that people were doing five, ten years later and there he was on broadcast television doing it as yeah. part of a great ensemble on a show that... Never really was a huge hit, and NBC never exactly knew what to do with it, in large part because David Simon's sensibility was not particularly a broadcast sensibility, and yeah. so it yeah, never man. exactly fit. But it such a great performance, so many great episodes, and you can't tell people just go watch Three Men and Adina, and, right. and that's what it is. You can't tell people go watch him talk to Vincent D'Onofrio wedged in the subway car— in subway, because you just you can't yeah. find it by illegal means, and that yeah. is that is too bad. But uh, yeah, homicide, fantastic. Men of a certain age, fantastic. Going back quickly to glory, he's yeah. really funny in that again. So it's it. He was he was funny. It was just how unfunny uh, Frank was, and how unfunny his character was in in Gideon's Crossing, which was right. a a medical drama that he elevated with his presence. Uh, he yeah. wasn't really very funny in Thief, which was a a heist drama that only lasted one season on, on FX and therefore got to be a limited series, a mini series for him to win an Emmy for that. Uh, and he just kept doing great work. Uh, Brooklyn nine, nine, yeah. whatever the show was is a quality show and it was hit and miss through its run. He was tremendous on that. Yeah. He was great in the sixth season of the good fight. Uh, he, he was a great voice in countless animated things. Uh, the one time I interviewed him, he was a great person to sit down with for, for an interview, you know, just, just a special talent. And, and 61, he, he seemed like the age that he was at now, he could have continued to do the roles he was doing for 20 more years. And it's, it's just so very sad because he was so great. Um,
2: I know, uh, I know John McNaughton and, uh, you know, John, uh, posted a, a nice thing on his, on his social media and he and I, uh, exchanged, uh, thoughts back and forth. And he said that, you know, it's John McNaughton, by the way, people, John McNaughton directed, um, Henry Portrait of a Civil Killer and Mad Dog and Glory and, um, and wild things and stuff like that. And he's done a, a lot of TV work. He, he directed, uh, I think it's six episodes of Homicide, hmm. um, and talked about how amazing it was to work with, uh, with Andre Brower um, on on the on the other side of the camera as a director, he said it was an incredible, incredible professional, incredibly nice guy. Great on the set, and obviously the work that he does when you watch the stuff that he did in Homicide is exceptional. So, just from a from the point of view of a director, um, great you know professional, great to work with. So on every level, as a person, as an actor, the guy was special. And um, so
0: he he was so clearly a pro's pro. He, you know, everyone who worked with him just appreciated. Everything he did, so much, and and on every level of every production that everyone talked about him, everyone marveled at his professionalism, at his just everything he did. And it's 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 too bad. And yeah. you know, you can you can watch the clips, and you can watch hell if you have Homicide actually on DVD. DVD you can watch the yeah. episodes. It does yeah. still exist in that yeah. form, but. Yeah, just and just there are a truly other things. That,
2: there are other things that you can find, and it really is a, It's really a damn shame that Homicide isn't readily available for everybody to watch because that is like the the best stuff that he did was was, was when he played Frank. I mean, incredible. Uh, I also love I also so many of the episodes of uh, of, of Brooklyn Nine Nine where they have a little fun with the fact that he played Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the one where they're with anytime they were in, like interrogating anybody, they had one episode called the box, which was the funny, one of the funniest episodes of Brooklyn. I ever did. Yes. With, with, Sterling fan... K., with Sterling K Brown. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> it was very fun watching very those funny. two go head to head.
2: Yeah. Cause if you're in, if you're, if you're, if you're familiar with homicide, you know, the scenes that took place in the box um, are some of the most intense and some of the most memorable stuff that you saw on that show. So, They took that on. They actually, I mean, I love the fact that they actually called the episode the box. I was just like, okay. As soon as I saw the title of the episode, I'm like, all right, I I see where you guys are going to go with this. So, But I'm glad that people are remembering and mentioning Glory, and I'm glad that you did because I think a lot of people might have forgotten that he was in it and forgotten just how damn good he is in it and just how, you know, and again, saying that that's the first thing he ever did is astonishing because he's as good as everybody who received awards or praise um did in that film um and
0: people who saw people who saw him on the stage consistently said that that might have been the place that he was at his very best and i feel sad that i never got to see him on the stage so yeah i I wouldn't (laughs) be surprised by by uh, by watching him
2: work the boards i bet it was amazing i bet it was incredible so uh very sad news 61 years old uh andre brower has passed away maybe at some point um you know if these music rights or whatever the issues is can be settled we can watch homicide and just watch him do that but there's a a lot of other stuff and again men of a certain age is fantastic obviously brooklyn nine nine gideon's crossing and and the movie glory and other things but uh but an incredible loss to to the television world to the film world and to the world in general um so anyway andre brower all right uh all right it is the end of the year uh dan and before we jump into your list tell everybody about tv's top five which is uh your podcast that drops every
0: friday so it let's does, hear about that. Indeed. So yes, uh, TV's Top 5 drops every Friday, and it is the podcast that I do with Leslie Goldberg, my colleague at The Hollywood Reporter. Each week we go through the five biggest TV news stories of the week. Well, not exactly, because one of them is always me talking about the TV shows I like or dislike in a week, and one of them is usually an interview with a showrunner or executive or very rarely an actor, etc. So yeah. it's really kind of more... the. Top two or three stories of the week and the most recent episode, which has me shockingly talking about my top 10. You can just count the number of places you can hear me <laughs> ca- talking about my top 10. Right. Uh that is going to, it is it is still on the newsstands because we took the week of, uh, before Christmas, the 22nd off, but the December 15th episode is our most recent episode. The week before right. that, we had Mike Royce, who happens to have been the co-creator of Men of a Certain Age, who was mm-hmm. talking in that conversation about, uh, about Norman, Norman Lear. Lear. We yeah. certainly, yes. but we certainly, uh, THR actually had uh, Mike Royce write a column about, Norman Lear and Andre mm-hmm. Brower and having to deal with that in a week, basically, yeah. which is, yeah. which is awful because these, you know, TV TV shows are a family; they're yeah. multi-year things where you yeah. grow, grow close to people and you work side by side with people, and so yeah, lots lots of loss for the TV community at large. But Mike Royce has had. A particularly rough couple of weeks. But yeah, so TV's Top 5 drops every Friday, and it is available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Every platform in the world, TV's Indeed. Top 5. And again, uh, you can check out all of this stuff at Hollywood Reporter, hollywoodreporter.com. And uh, and the hub that Dan runs himself, The Fine Print, F-I-E-N, com. So there you go. Okay, overall, at the beginning here, you said that there were three certain shows on your list um that you put together and then 17 shows that could have been stuck in different spots and all that other stuff now in general though how did you feel about the television season um however that you know the television year not really a season because there aren't really seasons anymore uh how did 2023 rank among more recent years in terms of quality and great stuff uh streaming and on television
0: Well, it was obviously such a topsy-turvy year just in general for a variety of reasons. The biggest, obviously, being that the industry was on strike for five months of the year. So as a result, a lot of the things that were going to either be finished up to premiere at the end of the year or that could have been continued through or would have had new seasons in the fall or just all the things that keep the mechanisms of the industry going, they shut down. And so the second half of the year became a strange and wonky thing. It was already going to be a slightly odd year just because of the nature of the biz and the fact that it was almost inevitable that this was always going to be the year that quote-unquote peak TV began to take steps backwards. There was always going to be a receding of the TV footprint. So there's always gonna be less TV. And then they had a strike. And then there's the fact that a lot of the shows on my list, a lot of the shows that were the biggest shows of the this spring were shows that were ending, which means that next year, it, it could be basically an entirely different top 10 list, which right. you know was fun and exciting. Uh, but kind of the bottom line is I looked across all of the contenders, is that I think that there was as much very good TV this year as ever. It, just a ton of very good TV. But I think there was less great TV. And and I think mm. that's kind of where the difference is. Is some years, the top 10, my top 10 is autumn. You know, I know it's eight shows that are going to be there. And, and those are the shows that need to be there because they're the great shows. And other years, it might be there have definitely been years where it was like 12 or 14 or whatever, you know, where, where there were that many shows that were kind of that close this year. There were a lot of shows that were in the A minus category, the A minus B plus category, even uh, tons of those dozens of those dozens. Yeah. And, yeah. but in terms of actual A, A plus shows, I had three and As a coincidence or a confirmation, depending on your perspective, uh, my my thr TV critic partner in crime Angie Han she also had her top ten come out and she had the exact same top three, exact same order, right? Yeah, and and I've done this for a number of years where I've both been a TV critic, but also been partnered with a colleague. And I've never had anything close to that. I've definitely wow. had years, I think, where I had the same number one show as as colleagues. Sure. But but yeah, uh, Angie had the exact same top three. Uh, several of, of my friends and the people who I, I trust and respect more had the identical top three with some variation in the order. But yeah, a lot of... I, a lot of consensus and I don't necessarily know if that's good or bad for business if, if, uh, if there's a lot of repetition in in top 10s yeah. and then and then as I actually had to go and narrow things down it becomes a question of kind of what feels right at the moment what amuses me and sometimes that's unfair also because it means that there were one or two shows where I'm like I feel like I've written about that show enough or I've talked about that show enough and uh, for example I I tried really hard to get the number 10 show on my list off of my top 10 and I just couldn't do it <laughs> uh, and it wasn't that I I mean it's a show I like a ton it's a show yeah. I love it wouldn't be on my list otherwise but I'm like is there something that is um, that amuses me more that feels like it belongs there more and I, I gotcha. just couldn't do it and there was, there was a lot of that and, and like I said it, this the, give me a couple weeks or months to mellow on this and I'm positive that some things yeah would want to move up and other things would want to move down that's okay. just how it goes Well let's get into the top three then um, and
2: uh, so your number one and, and by, by the way your top 10 are listed in order of preference and your bottom 10 are listed alphabetically.
0: Um, um, second your second Second ten, ten,
2: second second ten, ten uh, bottom ten yeah. but, but, we, <laughs>
0: but, but we don't need to we can we can go ten to one or one to ten it's all it's all okay. good whatever well, all right well,
2: let's 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 jump into this then you said that uh, number 10 um you know was a show that you were you you thought maybe it shouldn't be there it should be out but you couldn't you couldn't deny the quality of it even though it was a show that everybody talked about every five minutes for a long period of time this past year. And that's the last,
0: that's what, that's what what it was more than that. I didn't think it should be there. And also the fact that it was, it was the beginning of the year. And so that meant that I was talking about it basically yep. from January on yep. and it kept being the... And so unfortunately it means that I've been reciting the same great things about the show and none of them are wrong. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They're just things that I've said. Suddenly Bella Ramsey and uh, and Pedro Pascal have not suddenly become any less great as a duo. Absolutely, the, yeah. the episode with Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett has not become a less dynamite episode of television. Uh, I, I remain entirely terrified but the mushroom zombies. I remain haunted by certain flashback episodes and certain performances. And yet I feel like I've been talking about The Last of Us and saying the same thing, which is not only is this the best uh, adaptation of a video game ever, because that's a low bar, but it's just a great show and a show that shows Mm -hmm. exactly how much you can do with with an adaptive medium that people gave up for dead 30 years ago. And mm-hmm. it, it says there is no rule that says you can't make a great TV show from a video game. Right. So yeah, so I, yeah. I, but I, but I tried it to come up with something that to yeah. me felt fresher.
2: Yeah. And I understand that. And something that maybe, maybe uh, you thought, you know, maybe this deserves a little bit more, more attention than this thing, you know, which is great, but has, has, like you said, has had attention for almost a year now. Um,
0: and so. there, are, and there are one or two shows that still could like, We talked in our last visit about how much we were enjoying Fargo, and I'm very much enjoying Fargo, and I've seen eight episodes out of ten, but I wasn't going to put it in my top ten without having seen the last two, and the last two are going to be next year anyway. Right, exactly.
2: Exactly. Whatever. (laughs) All right, so number ten is The
0: Last of Us. Number nine is Taste the
2: Nation. For people who might not know what that is, uh, what is it, and why is it ranked number nine on your best of the year?
0: Taste the Nation with Padma Lashmi is uh, a Hulu show and it is Padma Lashmi's celebration of the immigrant experience in America through the lens of immigrant food and immigrant culture and diasporic communities around the country, finding these small enclaves or very large enclaves in some cases of, uh, uh, you know, Laotians here, Cambodians in Lowell, Massachusetts, Russians in Brighton uh, in New York, and she learns about how these immigrant groups have assimilated or not assimilated, what parts of their culture they hold most pure and most true, how food plays into that, what the conditions were that led these groups to both leave their home country, and how they ended up in these enclaves. It's such a smart and sensitive approach to a topic that shouldn't be a controversial topic in America. It should not be controversial to say we are a melting pot of a nation, and therefore we welcome immigrants, and we particularly welcome refugees, people who are looking for the American dream and Fleeing for their lives, and yet it is apparently a a political issue. And the way that Padma handles it, she handles it with with humor. She handles it with double entendres. She handles it with learning different lessons, and she just handles it with this with this great embrace of culture because she is an immigrant as well. She right. she immigrated, and so she understands the culture, and she understands the mindset of a, of a first or a second generation American. And uh, it's just a special show. There's no, there was not a single episode in the second season that didn't at some point cause me to tear up. Yeah. And uh, some episodes make me laugh. They all make me hungry. Uh, I really enjoy tasting the yeah. nation. So I much. do too. I think it's
2: terrific. Um Number eight. Now here's a show that I don't really ever want to talk about. Um, and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> And I'm alone on this one. I know is the bear. Now, now granted I, I gave up on this show. Uh, I, I watched a little bit of the second season, but I just, I, you know, and as a Chicagoan, I know I'm like, you know, it's sacrilegious to even mention the fact that I don't like this show. But, um, but, but you put you put it at number eight, and uh, and people, you know, maybe the second season is extraordinarily much better than the first. I did see a scene involving um, uh, Olivia. Uh, uh, what am I? Blake Coleman um, doing prep in a kitchen with, uh, with a younger guy, which I thought was a beautifully written scene. And I, 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 I don't know why, how I ended up watching that scene, but they were, they were in they were having a conversation. Um, and, and it was a really beautifully written scene. I was like, oh, maybe I should watch this again.
0: (laughs) I, I think that if you were to find some way to hit yourself on the head and forget the amount that you disliked the first season. Yeah, I think you would probably find that the second season is um, both generally better, but also more thoughtful and more interesting, probably, in the ways that you would appreciate, and not just... Yeah the stuff with Olivia Colman which was great that was really and the also episode and Forks. also and
2: I saw the episode I saw the the Jamie Lee Curtis the family episode and um and she was great and it, and I love her and it was great to see all that but I just I never really bought into the entire show I just I just I I it never got me it just never got me
0: It's entirely reasonable. It's, and I, I, you know, some people liked it more than I did. Definitely, I've seen a lot of top 10 lists that have it higher than Mm -hmm. I do, but eight Mm -hmm. is fine. And, and this is another one where I initially considered not having it. I would have been perfectly fine having it in my second 10 instead of my first. It wouldn't have, you know, hurt me in any particular way. I think uh, the first season wasn't even in my top 10 or my second 10. I think it Mm -hmm. was third 10. Lots of people asked why it wasn't there. Anyway, yada, yada. Uh, And then I just, Kind of, I I spent a few minutes going over on the Wikipedia page, honestly, was what it was. I I looked through episode titles, and I went, oh, God, right, that was a great episode. Oh, God, Mm -hmm. right, that was a great episode. And part of why I had to do that is because the episode with Jamie Lee Curtis, the episode with Bob Odenkirk, the episode with all of the freaking guest stars, uh, was it it kind of over-dominated the conversation about the second season in a way that doesn't reflect what I'm most interested in about the show. I was more interested in the episode in which the pastry chef played by Lionel Boyce uh, goes and trains in, in Copenhagen and learns mm-hmm. pastry chefery from a a Danish chef who is, you know, very good at, well, I guess he's not actually Danish, he's in, anyway, it's in Copenhagen, yeah. the chef yeah. is. Not. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, and I thought that was a superior episode. The episode with Olivia Coleman, which is Forks, was a great episode. The yeah. episode where Io Etabiri's character travels to a number of real Chicago restaurants and talks with real Chicago chefs and gets a sense of the food landscape post COVID closures. I thought that was an important episode. I thought mm-hmm. it was, and not treated as important, it was just important. It was, yeah. Yeah. here's what the state of the landscape is right now. Yeah. And here we are watching this. TV show about these people starting a new restaurant. But what does it really mean in this day and age to be doing that? And there were enough episodes like that, where, where I got to the point where I'm like, okay, well, the episode with Jamie Lee Curtis was like my fifth favorite episode of the year. And I thought that was a really good episode of TV. Right. right. At that point, you got to have it in in your top 10. If, if that episode is in a season, your fifth best episode of TV, that means you've had a pretty good. Gotcha.
2: Gotcha. All right. uh, Next uh, on the list is uh, blue-eyed Samurai. Have you had the chance to watch it i have of this not yet? i have not no
0: why are you resistant i don't, I don't tell everybody what, what it is. well see the the pitch is and surely this is a pitch that would excite you it is kill bill meets yentl right and right. so who would not want to watch it? it is it is the story of a uh half white half japanese woman who is both covering up her racial identity and covering up her gender, and she is on a mission for revenge in Edo, Japan, 17th century Japan, and it is animated. It is entirely a show for grown-ups. It is, it is bloody and brutal, chopped limbs everywhere. Uh, it is also fairly raunchy lots and lots of cartoon nudity and sexuality it is it is a grown-up show the animation is, is stunningly beautiful mm. it is exceptionally choreographed the action scenes which you know they're they're animated so yeah so some people are gonna be like well that's not the same regardless the choreography regardless of who whether it's real people or cartoony people it is yeah. still astonishing and yeah. It just it, It's a show that moves like a freight train. It's a tremendously fun show. It's a show that is full of shocking moments. And yeah, it's just a show that consistently impressed me with how simultaneously respectful it is to the culture, but also fully acknowledging that there's appropriation going on. It's uh, it's created by Michael Green and his wife, Amber Noizumi. Amber Noizumi is Asian American. Uh, yeah. Michael Green is not. So that reflects into the culture of the show. And and yeah, I the, to, to me, this was just an exciting show to watch because I had no expectations for it at all. And it sucked me in immediately. And it was just... A blast, really. Now, where can people see it? That is all on Netflix, and Netflix. it has been it has been freshly renewed for a second season. So, awesome. Dive in. I will. I promise you, I will.
2: Uh, Blue Eye Samurai, which is on Netflix. Next would be uh, Dark Winds.
0: Indeed, Dark Winds is a '70s set adaptation of uh, the Tony Hillerman novel series, which has been uh, adapted several different times before with limited success, but mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. a better version of it. And it is it is on AMC, which means okay, that... Here we go, I'm trying to figure which, out. <laughs> exactly, which, which means you have to try to figure out where you can actually right. watch episodes. Right, right, At right. some point, the first season got a showcase on hbo max when hbo max was doing the strange uh here are a bunch of shows from amc uh but not the second season the first season was okay (laughs) the first season was largely exposition it was introducing people to the the two main uh characters who are uh navajo police officers um working the reservation and the surrounding communities uh Horn and chi are the characters uh and the second season just became what the show was supposed to be it became a a good tight beautifully shot mystery story told over six episodes very little wasted time or wasted energy and more than anything and i will take this crusade to your show i will take it anywhere anyone wants to go uh the show is such a celebration of zon McLaren, uh who is the top build actor in it and if people haven't seen Dark Winds, they they could surely know him from season two of Fargo. They mm. could know him from Reservation Dogs. Uh, he had a kind of brief supporting role in like the first fifteen minutes of that R-rated Jennifer Lawrence comedy that came out earlier this year. Uh, oh, whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, he he plays her attorney or something. Someone who's trying to get her out of trouble. Oh and yeah. Set, okay. Yeah. And it's set up that he's an important part of her support network. And for the first 15 minutes, he's probably the third or fourth most important character in the movie. And then then he vanishes entirely and never is mentioned again. Just just gone. Right. So, but anyway, if you only know McLaren and in passing, you have to watch Dark Winds because the guy is a freaking star. He looks like a star. He acts like a star. He holds the camera. He conveys thought spirituality intensity he's funny as hell i mean this is a guy whose year included this reservation dogs and he also had a key supporting role in uh history of the world part two so he's he isn't he's an actor who in some ways is in that andre Brower camp of he can do anything uh and the thing I keep saying and will say to anyone who will listen for the next six to seven months is the Emmy category for uh, best actor in a drama is going to be empty next year because that is a category that is Succession and Last of Us and a bunch of people who are not on TV anymore. Right. And that means there is a place that Zahn McClaren needs a nomination and... This is That's it. <laughs> This is the time. That's it. And Dark Winds is the show. Okay.
2: All right, let's get into the top five. Number five is I'm a Virgo. Indeed. Did you watch this one? No, I have not. Ah, ah, Nick. Not you got the it. top four. Not the top four I've watched. I will say okay. that. I've watched the Good. top four. Good. Um, okay. And, and in fact, <laughs> uh, three of the four I love. So, uh, but. but So tell everyone what I'm a Virgo is. I'm aware of it, but let everybody know what it is and where they can see
0: it. Yes, I'm a Virgo is created by and directed by Boots Riley, and it is the story of a 13-foot-tall African-American teenager growing up in semi-contemporary Oakland and discovering that modern America is not ready for a uh, 13-foot-tall (laughs) African-American teenager. And it is simultaneously a... Urban Fairy Tale, a superhero origin story in which the villain is played by Walton Goggins, who is yep. a who is an eccentric billionaire who everyone thinks is a vigilante hero, but is also part of the <laughs> the the systemic racism that is plaguing the country, so imagine that. Uh, <laughs> it is and it is also a very, very doggedly communist, left-wing Marxist treatise on economic inequality in America and uh, systemic racism and systemic inequality of the sort that Boots Riley is very much intellectually involved in. And it's very funny that a show like this is coming out on Amazon because, little known fact, Amazon is very into the capitalism. So uh, uh, ter- turns out Wait, Amazon what? is somewhat invested in the system. What, really? So- Oh. Indeed. Oh, uh, but man. so so it is simultaneously very whimsical, very angry. It features uh, uh, one of the funniest and weirdest sex scenes you will ever see anywhere because mm. it does involve a 13-foot tall teenager. So right. yep. you can draw your own pictures. Right. Uh, and it's also, it's a show where the episodes are half hours, so they go by very, very quickly. And it's a, it's just so much fun watching the way that Boots Riley handles the main character uh played wonderfully by Gerald Jerome uh how he handles his size how he yeah. deals with the effects of it so sometimes it's forced perspective there's a lot of puppetry going on there are miniatures it's it's really it's somebody having fun with a ridiculous premise and trying to find a way to DIY into that premise right. and and it's just it's it's both um it's both angry in a very very 2023 way not quite as much as one of the shows coming up higher but in its own way but it is it's it is whimsical and and funny and exciting as filmmaking uh it it's it's a special and especially strange little show okay
2: i'm a virgo on amazon okay now we're getting to the top four, and I've seen all four of these. Uh, and uh, uh,
0: uh, number four is wrestlers. Uh, wrestlers. So. Wrestlers is Netflix, and yep. it is from Greg Whiteley, who is the director and producer behind the Last Chance U franchise, which is one of my favorites, and the Cheer franchise, which is also one of my favorites. He he has a formula down. He has a formula that involves finding people who are using sports as their last refuge, as their last chance to gun for an otherwise inaccessible American dream. And uh, I've loved all of the Last Chance U seasons. I've loved both of the cheer seasons. Uh, And this is probably the most satisfying of the incarnations within this structural gambit because he's following around the people at the ohio valley wrestling promotion which yep. is a third tier i guess third tier seems fair right yeah yeah that's
2: fair that's fair and by the yeah, way so- I, uh, uh, earlier this year i interviewed uh, uh legendary al snow who is a major part of this uh, of this show and he's a he's a wrestler who i've loved and admired for many many years and it was great talking to him about about the show and about his uh, you know uh,
0: about uh, ohio valley so oh al snow is is the heart of the yep. show but he's yep. but he's one of several hearts because it's just a wonderful collection of people who are up and coming who still have dreams people who are on their way down and still remember what their dreams look like people like al snow who who figure they had their chance they had their dream and now it's a chance to just continue to be in this world for as long as they can yeah. uh the the access that he got the characters that are featured the presence of the camera within the ring for the actual matches is yeah. tremendous and yeah. i think that a lot of why it works as well as it does is because unlike the last chance you and cheer franchises where you're dealing with college kids and some of them are going to be quote-unquote characters, and others of them aren't. These are people who play characters for a living. They know right. what they're doing. They know how to sell themselves. They know the vernacular of what storytelling feels like. So they're all very accommodating. They're also playing a sport that is design. you know, such as it is a sport, but such as it also is a, an entertainment whatever. But it, it's a sport. It's it's athletics. There's no yeah. arguing with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Uh, It's designed to be filmed, and it's designed for filmed access, which maybe college football isn't to quite the same degree. It's not designed to have the camera in the middle of whatever. Uh, But yeah, it's some of the episodes, especially in the second half of the season, once you're actually invested in these characters... Uh, just just got to me on every level. There, the the episode towards the end where Al Snow gets back in the ring is glorious. Yep. There's an episode with a with a um, I, what what is the terminology for what the mother and daughter do? I'm where, sorry. The, the, what is the termino- The wrestling terminology for the type of fight that the mother and daughter do, where they're. Basically. Oh,
2: I can't remember. I can't remember what it's yeah, what that's called. I Whatever mean.
0: it is, where where they're like rolling around in thumbtacks and legitimately yeah. slashing each other with things, and there's yeah, those are blood those are and...
2: those are extreme matches or hardcore matches.
0: Yeah, it's sort of you know of the of the vein from the wrestler. Um, so yeah, you know people yeah. know it, and it it all just plays so well, and I, I just loved this season of TV so much. It's seven it's seven episodes, and I would have watched. 10 easily and I, I hope that yeah. they find a way to do a second season.
2: I agree with you 100%. And as a wrestling fan and I know a lot of a lot of people who subscribe and listen to the podcast are big wrestling fans as well. Um, you know, wrestling wrestling fans should watch it and if they're not they should cuz it's great. So.
0: But I also think people who aren't wrestling fans yeah. uh, would would be shocked. Yeah. By how instantly they get pulled into this world Agreed. without any necessary uh, knowledge required. It's not, you do not need to know anything about professional wrestling to get sucked into this if you choose to give yourself right. into it. Absolutely true. All right, top three. Number three, beef. This is Netflix. Yes. It is indeed. Netflix had three spots in my top 10, which was more that. than any other net, uh, network, which which makes me feel good because I feel like I've also torn a number of Netflix shows to to bits in recent months. So all yeah. I need to do if the Netflix publicists get annoyed with me is say, but you've got 30% of my top 10. What more could you possibly want? Um, <laughs> but, but yes, so... Uh, beef, beef to me is the most twenty twenty three show of twenty twenty three. It is yeah. the it is the show that I that I would put in the time capsule as being what did this year look like? What did it feel like? It is it is like, um, <laughs> like I'm a Virgo. It has an undercurrent of rage and anger and discomfort. Except that it's not an undercurrent because it's an overcurrent. It's uh, basically about the way that the way that we all have so much simmering inside us that we turn perceived slights perceived incidents into legitimate slights and legitimate incidents and then rather than de-escalating we escalate and things spiral out of control and there's no holding things together because what's holding us together it is also it's another show that is an exploration of of first and second generation immigrants and the question of who in America is entitled to be angry, whose cultures have said, anger is not a thing that you manifest. Who do we look at anger and who do we look at people's anger through what prisms? What what tells us who is entitled to umbrage in yeah. America in 2023? You've yeah. got Stephen Young and Ali Wong, who are both just amazing <laughs> yeah. leads um sometimes very funny because it is it's, it's kind of a comedy but it's you know sort of kind of there there are very funny moments in it there are parts that are obviously recognizably funny uh maria bello has a, a wonderful supporting role that is completely and totally satirical and she is extremely yep. funny yep. Stephen Young and ali wong go back and forth and sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't they're Great. Regardless, the entire supporting cast is fantastic. And just the way that the show keeps finding new ways for these characters to take a situation that could have been solved with a two-second, I'm sorry, we're good, right? Yeah. In Within 10 minutes, then there's no series. Escalated, 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 and they keep finding ways for it to get more extreme. It is... uh it, it's just remarkable to watch how resilient what seems like a very limited pre- premise ends up being, and yeah, yeah. it's it's just a, a it, spectacular show.
2: It also goes to places. The last couple of episodes goes to surreal lengths where you're like, "What is happening?" But I but I went with it as crazy because the la- I think it was episode nine or how many episodes was it? Ten full? Was
0: it God? Was it
2: eight or was it ten? Anyway, it, the last two, the well,
0: last two episodes,
2: yeah, went went into a into surrealism. And and to the point where I was like, "What is happening?" But this is awesome, and I bought it 100. percent I, I I thought Beef was great. It was one. Of, I thought it was one of the best TV shows I watched all, all of last year as well. I thought it was great. It's
0: just w- when when reality is unable to contain yeah. the mistakes yeah. that we make in our day to day life. Sometimes you have to expand the yeah. parameters, yeah. and that's what the show does. Yeah,
2: it's terrific. Uh, great show. So that's on uh, on Netflix. Be- not, but That was a, a, re- a reasonably popular people. People. Well, again, numbers are always like I, we don't know. But, I mean, it seemed
0: like a lot of people watched it, correct? Well, uh, Netflix did put out a extensive Excel document of the viewership hours for all of its programming between January and June. So it is the most data that Netflix has ever put out. It is one very small statistical set of measurement. It is, it is overall viewing hours. Period. Whatever the Mm. hell that means, (laughs) Um, but but whatever whatever it does or doesn't mean, it's enough to know that based on that piece of data, yes, it was extremely popular for Netflix. Though it's one where where I think that. The chances are good that it was extremely popular, but that there were a lot of people who loved it and a lot of people who stopped watching within 30 minutes or 15 minutes and said, oh, God, this is horrible. And probably also some people who made it through up to those last two episodes. Right. And that was when they said, oh, my God, it got horrible. So I, I think there were probably a lot of reactions to it, but very clearly a lot of people watched it.
2: Okay. All right, number two is another show that nobody talked about last year at all. Um, which
0: is <laughs> succession. Indeed, which is, uh, I believe, the, the one from my top four that you do not love, right? I'm sorry? I believe that's the one from my top four that you don't love, That's right? exactly the one that I do not okay. love, yes, yes. Which, which is fine, and it's... Yep. Look, Succession did not start off being this unimpeachable, everybody-has-to-worship-it-as-the-best-show-on-TV show. I remember right. when my initial review came out, and it was one of the very few positive reviews of the show, and then by the end of the first season, people were somewhat on board, and then by season two, everyone was all over it, but um, but whatever. This was the, the final season of Succession, and... It was just as good a final season as you could could hope for. It had some slow and bumpy bits, and that is just somewhat to be expected, I suppose. But, uh, but once it actually kicked into gear, and it kicked into gear with the Connor's Wedding episode, in which the very bad thing that surely has been spoiled for everyone, whether they've watched it or not, but yep. whatever. Uh, once that episode happened, everything for the rest of the season was snowballing downhill. It was, you know, in some ways as much a uh, uncontrollable set of escalation on that show as in Beef. And just one great episode after another, one great performance after another, and a finale that to me was completely satisfying for what it was. It was, uh, It was a finale that fit the tone and tenor of the show perfectly that gave all of its main characters splendid things to do. The scene with the the Roy kids making food in the kitchen and, and bonding mm-hmm. and basically getting ready to stab each other in the back is as good a TV scene as you will ever see. Uh, James Cromwell's speech at the funeral is as yep. good a monologue yep. as you will ever get on TV. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård, fantastic, chilling, gross as hell villain, uh, just Tremendous show. I I love Succession. It is a show that is pitch black in a lot of the ways that I like for my TV to be.
2: And I and again, I like to remind everybody who listens to us on a regular basis that we would like to remind everyone that it's in fact a comedy that uh, I I (laughs) think I I feel like every time we've talked about Succession, we've talked about Succession many, many, many times. Um, You know, I always am just like, it's not a drama, it's a comedy. But, you know, that. It's, that's fallen on deaf ears, especially in the world of awards. So,
0: look, gradi- gradations of things are difficult for people to fathom, <laughs> <Yeah>. and uh, <laughs> that is one where definitely there are gradations to it. But yes, it is absolutely a satire. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay, so succession number two and number one, and, and, and this was number one on your on your list last year, was it not?
0: Uh, it was number one on my list last year and it was number three on my list the year before that. and so, we' talking about
2: uh, we are talking about reservation dogs, an absolutely terrific show. and this is that 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 was the final season, correct?
0: It was indeed. and I feel very sad that it was a final season, especially since it came as a surprise to people on the outside and apparently it also came as a surprise to to FX. apparently, they had hopes of going on basically as long as they could. And Sterling Harjo looked at, the, being the co-creator yeah. of the show, yeah. looked at where the show ended up in the third season and said, you know, this is this is the right place to end. Would you be unhappy if we ended it here? FX looked at it and said, yes, we'd be unhappy, but you're right. And so <laughs> that was what it was. And uh, But I think a lot of us, we're like, is it going to feel like an ending? Is it going to feel like this was where the show was supposed to go? And the answer is absolutely, completely, 100%. The ending of Reservation Dogs feels like where the show was supposed to go. Yep. Would it have opened up spin-offs or additional seasons or absolutely anything else anyone wanted to do to tell stories in this world? For sure, yeah. But this is where it was supposed to go. It, it, this is for people who haven't watched, and I am—I remain extremely sad with the number of conversations I have with people out in the wild where they're like, "Okay, well, what is the show that you recommend?" And my first answer for three consecutive years has been, "You should watch Reservation Dogs. It's all on Hulu." Uh, and the number of people who just give blank stares—yep, um, yep. that's just the reality. It is—it yep. yep. is a show that started off about four kids the reservation dogs in question and it and it was sort of a reservoir dogs parody in the pilot and and the pilot if you go back and watch it's sort of it's sort of edgy in a way that the rest of the show didn't end up being really edgy because the characters in the pilot are are sad and angry and the next three seasons are about the characters finding themselves finding their voices and The, the last season was just beautiful. And and this was really two consecutive seasons that were basically perfect seasons of television for me, where I can't look back at an episode in either of the last two seasons and say, mm-hmm. that was a dud or that was less good. No, these are perfect seasons of television for me. And uh, it, it is a show that is, again, nominally a comedy. Sometimes it is very funny. And a lot of the supporting characters are extremely Funny, but also very dramatic and just sometimes so beautiful in its yeah. in its human interactions and its performances. I, I just I just love reservations dogs so much. Again, three seasons, two seasons at number one on my list, and one at number three. I believe Succession is four seasons, and all four seasons were in my uh top three also so those are yeah. there's a reason why when we did that best of the aughts so far or best of the 21st century mm-hmm. so far why reservation dogs in succession were as high as they were because and it wasn't recency bias it was these shows loom large over right. the past couple of years right
2: okay well, that's the top ten. We didn't have time to get to uh, the, the second ten, but I do want to mention a few that I, uh, that I want to mention uh, on your list because I, I think they're, they're a lot of fun or they're terrific. I like Kiss. I just saw, by the way, um, Pete Davidson live uh, doing some stand-up. And, boy, do the ladies love him. Let me just say that. <laughs> wow. So I hear. Um, Dead Ringers, which was absolutely one of my favorite shows of, of last year. Rachel Weiss incredible performances in it. Um, I thought they did a great job. Fargo, I'm enjoying the hell out of Fargo. Um, how to with John Wilson. Uh, telemarketers are, are some of are, are some of my favorite things that I've seen as well that are mentioned in your second 10. Um, so um, and, uh, uh, you know, w- w- so the Emmy nominations are announced. is And now is Rachel Vice uh, is she she's done that for this that's year? over?
0: They 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 blew that. That's the um, that's the nomination. Oh, that's right. For- they blew that already. That's right. Yes, those are the nominations that came out in August that were supposed to be given in September but are going to be given now in January. But yeah, so they already already screwed that one up. Okay,
2: all right. All right. Well, listen, if you peep, if you want to check out uh, not only the list, but uh, uh, but his thoughts on it written, uh, you can check that out because sometimes it's hard when you're listening to it, especially if you're driving, you're doing something else. What was the name of that show? What was that show? Check out Hollywood Reporter. Go to HollywoodReporter.com dot com and uh, and check out Dan's full article with not only the list of all the shows, all twi- uh, all 20, uh, but also an explanation and a reason why he loved them. Um, so I know that like this conversation, I know people listen to it and go, wait, wait, what was that? Huh? So (laughs) go to Hollywood reporter, go to the fine print F I E N and read the full article with all of the shows, uh, talked about. So, and great. you will also
0: and you will also see uh, lists of ten additional great performances and ten great episodes that bring in episodes of some of the shows that you just mentioned and performances from some of the shows you just mentioned from the second ten from and, second and 10. lower. We basically okay. we used the performances and episode uh, lists to single out things that weren't in our respective top tens but were yeah. worthy of attention. So awesome. given casting more light. There you go. All
2: right. And always check out The Fine Print, F-I-E-N, at the Hollywood Reporter, and TV's Top 5, which is uh, every Friday weekly podcast that Dan co-hosts. Dan, always a pleasure. Happy New Year. And uh, we'll speak in a couple of weeks, and uh, it all starts over again. So there you go. (sighs) Talk to you next year, Nick. (laughs) There you go. You can't not say that. All right, Dan. Thanks very much, man. Later, man. All right, see you. The great Dan Feinberg, Hollywood Reporter, The Fine Print. Again, if you want to read about those 20 uh, great uh, series that he's talking about, the great uh, TV shows that he's talking about. It's all written in length. The title's written down. You can check it out at thefineprint.com or at Hollywood Reporter. All right, let's talk to her. She's the best. She is Esmeralda Leo. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda
0: Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. I'm talking about that Esmeralda. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. Esmeralda Leon, yeah, yeah. Get yourself some asthma. Love me some asthma. Esmeralda Leon,
2: yeah. Yeah. That's right.
0: Esmeralda.
2: Well, Esmeralda Leon joins me every episode uh, here on uh, the Nick T podcast. This is episode number two hundred five. It's Tuesday. Uh, normally, uh, uh, well, first of all, let's say hello to Esmeralda. Leon. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. Hello. Uh, normally, as 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 in in normal circumstances, my dad stops by to tell mm-hmm. a joke. But uh, we're taking a little break mm-hmm. from that until my dad, yeah, uh, you know, recovers from some of the stuff that's been happening. You know, he's got a pacemaker now. My dad is uh, battery operated.
1: He's. <laughs> <laughs> nice, new and improved. New and improved. Now it's pacemaker. <laughs>
2: exactly, battery operated. Um, and uh, it's amazing how quickly. You know, I mean, this procedure took like an hour and a half, and yeah, you know, like it's, he was.
1: It's amazing. It's so good. It's, it's great that that's you know, it's like yeah, we just do it real quick. Yeah, <laughs> in and, and out. <laughs> so
2: he's got he's got one, and you know, uh, Rich Coase our good friend, Rich Coase Sven Gulli, mm-hmm. He too has one. Ooh. Um, and so he was like, I'm you know, your dad joins the club with us and, and Rich apparently has to get his like, uh, replaced next year oh. because you know, the battery lasts probably like eight to 10 years or something like that is what they say. Yeah. Um, and it's fine. It's solid and it lasts, but, but he's like, uh, yeah. And he, he, and Rich said he posted, you know, like a, a, you know, um, you know, a good luck thing to my dad and a get well and welcome to the club. Rich Coase writes, welcome to the club on, on my dad's, uh, you know, on the page that I, Facebook page. And mm-hmm. he said, "Yeah, I have to get my battery replaced." He goes, "I was hoping that by this point they could just put, uh, they could put uh, a sun panel in my head."
1: <laughs> Instead of <going> right? <laughs> I'm eco friendly. Exactly. I just put. Some, <laughs> I just, just up some have, sun and have good. Put,
2: a, put a sun panel in his top hat. You know what I mean? Like his fangooly
1: top mm-hmm. hat. Oh, so. could you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. So I know I'm curious, like if they stand next to each other, is there like a hum? What happens? Them? Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: Uh yeah. I think that the, you know, I think if they walk into a room together, PlayStations just turn on. I think that's what I yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I think that's what happens. But anyway, uh so so, uh, but the, but, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, so your, you know, Christmas is, uh, is, you know, we're, it's, it's over now and, you know, I hope everybody mm-hmm. had a lovely Christmas mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And now we get into my, normally my dad tells a joke is my point, and he will not be doing that for a little while until he gets back up on his feet and stuff. So, uh, my dad's joke will be back. It will in the new year. That's the way we'll, that's the way I yeah. look at it. So anyway, nice. uh, but yeah,
1: we're but, still, we're technically not done with the holidays. Right, because we're, for we're, some people, they have what is called the epiphany.
2: Okay, so it's
1: uh, it happens um, uh, so this year it's January 6th, uh, 2024. Oh, um, but oh, okay. it's it's like a whole like it's with the three kings and all that stuff. So I some see some people still get presents.
2: <laughs> I see, so so people are still going to get presents. The epiphany.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. so it's about it's about the fact the that the kings went to go see, um, baby Jesus. Because I I guess what happened was he didn't they didn't. I'm assuming they didn't show up like straight away. Like it's a that's long, how it's it a long trip, right?
2: It was a long. But trip. But yeah,
1: that's how it seems that they, because they saw the star, and then they're like, we got to follow it, and then yeah. the baby's born um but then they roll in
2: okay so did they see the star like in july and they didn't show up till december is it
1: <laughs> i mean it takes a while it takes a minute well no the fact that they did see it and then the baby was born that's why it took them till january 6th <laughs> oh i
2: got it i got it okay because it was a long <laughs> trip so they i down. see i got it so the store po- the star the, the star popped up in december 25th but it took them till the sixth to get there
1: Right, I mean, oh, they, don't, I got- they, don't have, they don't have an Uber to take them over to the baby Jesus. <laughs>
2: they couldn't jump on a. They couldn't jump on a train. They couldn't take. Yeah, them yeah, 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 not, they, not they, at that no, point in time. There was no Bethlehem Uber. They they didn't have that at the time. Exactly. So, I gotcha. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so that's like the day they visit. So then people will give presents because the the kings gave presents to the baby oh, I Jesus. See. So then you get even more presents. We never did that at my house.
2: You never did it. But
1: we know, I know it exists and it's a thing and people. Yeah. I remember
2: some people, and this is, I I didn't know that it was, is it, is it, is one of the terms for it actually epiphany? Is that one of the, Mm -hmm. okay. And then I I thought it was all King's Day or three King's Day or something. Yeah.
1: I think people just, there's like different names for it. Well, I remember
2: Um, that that was when a lot of people were like, I don't take my tree down until then. Like they keep the tree up. Mm -hmm. until like all king's day or king's village or whatever the hell it's called but yeah (laughs) uh (laughs) yeah so that's that is when people take a lot of people keep their tree up and through that epiphany time yeah yeah okay Mm -hmm.
1: okay so yeah and they also like they'll leave um you you're supposed to leave your shoes out that's and then
2: this is all kind of coming back to me now yeah what does that mean what does that
1: why they leave toys and stuff in your shoes? Oh, they I put don't know toys in your
2: sh- they put toys in your shoes. Okay. Uh huh.
1: I mean, I don't I don't know what the whole thing is because we <laughs> didn't do it at my house, but my dad would tell us uh-huh. he did it when he was a child. Oh, okay. he said that yeah, you would leave your shoes out and then there would be like little candies and little toys and stuff. Right. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I have just only heard about these things.
2: Right. No, I and I vaguely remember that in all the years, you know, I've I've lived through fifty-eight Christmases now, and so I of course have heard that stuff. Through I, I forget it. I, I don't remember any of that stuff, but I, I have of course heard the shoes thing. I vague that, that kind of rang a very small bell in the back of my brain. That, yeah, that that's also I think
1: yeah. East or European countries. Yeah, some do that where yeah. you leave a shoe. You leave shoes out, and somebody put something in there.
2: Well, I leave shoes out all the time. I, it's it's Christmas. It's it's epiphany. Right? It's Epiphany time, twenty-four seven at my place. Like you know,
1: nobody's putting anything in my shoes. My shoes They're are out only only, only my
2: my feet are the only thing that go into my, into my shoes. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, so that's we are smack. We are still smack dabbing them. And also, it's not it's not New Year's mm-hmm. yet. Uh, technically, right. you know, and by the way, I'm performing at the Rouse Center for the Performing Arts in Crystal Lake with, uh, Steve Ooh, Cochran
1: with so the boys. Exciting.
2: Uh, and I'll, I will be performing on stage. I did that last year for the new year's Eve. It's the new year's Eve, uh, party that starts at two, two o'clock in the afternoon. So you're in bed by. Yeah. Seven, I mean, know? Hey, <laughs> yeah.
1: You want to start off the year right.
2: Exactly right. right? Exactly right. So you so, go
1: see this, and then you sleep early, and then you wake up refreshed.
2: You're refreshed, and you are ready for whatever challenges 2024 gives you.
1: <laughs> ready for the new year. Ready Let's for hope the it's not new
2: garbage, new fucking year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So uh, if you you know, I, I I I assume maybe tickets are still available. I don't know if you're if you're listening to this on uh, December 26th. It is uh, uh, on on Sunday. Uh, at the Rouse Center yeah. Performing Arts. Beautiful theater in Crystal Lake. Um, uh, Mike Toomey and John DeCoss. Tim Banker will be there. Andrea Darlis will be on stage. I'll be on stage. Uh, they're giving away a 70-inch TV courtesy of Apt Electronics.
1: Um, yeah,
2: man. Um, and it's going to be a great New Year's Eve party. Starts at 2 o'clock. You'll be out of there by 4 or 4.30. <laughs> so you know you'll be able to have some nice dinner you'll be able to go to sleep by 10 o'clock you don't have to worry about the traffic yeah. you don't have to worry about drunks or any of that stuff you will be thoroughly entertained for two solid hours in crystal lake and oh, i'm thrilled see that's to be a lovely yeah so that'll be fun that's happening on new year's eve and uh, hopefully you guys come out let's pack the place and have some fun so now Asarelda, as we approach yeah. the new year mm-hmm. have you mm-hmm. ever or do you do new year's resolutions
1: yes okay but never really keep them like not even i'll think about it and literally probably like within the hour don't follow it you know what i mean like (laughs) eat better and then like literally a a hour later i'm like chowing down on a burger and fries like "Mm, it's fine
2: (laughs) yeah well it's interesting because like a lot of people do do the uh you know the resolutions and and, and mm-hmm. you know that's why you know during this time of year you see a lot of ads for like peloton and crazy equipment and diets and yeah. stuff like that because everybody a lot of the resolutions include getting in shape taking care of your body and losing weight yeah
1: and stuff like people that. always joke like people who go gym to the gym they hate it that first the first month in uh the year because everybody's at the gym but then they're like but then it like trails off of course it does yeah normal.
2: it's back to normal but But it's funny because people
1: who go to the gym regularly they hate it because there's all these people here and like they don't know anything and they're like crowding up everything that you know the regular people are already into yeah so yeah
2: suddenly the the, suddenly the gym and that lasts till about february and then it's like okay that'll drop off
1: yeah so. And who knows? Maybe like mid-January, it's already. Yeah, yeah, I would be <laughs> slowly surprised. Slowly decreasing. Oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
2: I know you do, Carrie. Oh, she's wearing a T-shirt that says, "My New Year's resolution is to get Felicity back on TV." Oh,
1: oh wow! Oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, right. and I go. love Nick's yeah. show.
2: And it's in very small, small font because <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's a lot mm. to have on a T-shirt, but she did. <laughs>
1: Right, but she did so, it.
2: She did it. Uh, she's amazing with her T-shirts. I'm telling you right now. So uh, New Year's yeah, resolutions. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Um, here are some suggestive, some suggested New Year's resolutions, Esmeralda. You ready?
1: Mm-hmm. Start mm-hmm. a
2: gratitude journal.
1: Mm. Okay.
2: <laughs> I'll just, sure. I'll just throw, I'll just throw these at you, and you let me know what you think. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: I mean, I get it. Like, I just, I've never been the journaling type. Right. I would have liked to, but I, you know, and then I just remember, I'm like, what am I supposed to write here? Right.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. So that's the first one. I, I, I This is going to be fantastic. I'm sorry. I'm looking at some of these and these are going to be great. Uh, so start a gratitude journal. That's not going to happen for a resolution for you. No, no, okay. no, no. How about this? <laughs> Make time for family.
1: Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, Yeah. No, that's okay. a good one. That's a good one. Okay. I already do. Right. <laughs> so make more time. Make going. more time for family. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How
2: about this? Next one on this and I'm looking at this. This is a lovely uh, a lovely suggestion, a bunch of suggestions for lovely New Year's Eve or sorry, New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. Build mm-hmm. build a better budget.
1: Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. that's one of those that's one of those oh yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. it and then you know uh, yeah whatever i see to buy and i'm like "Mm, we'll do it next week we'll uh, (laughs) we'll pay the
2: we'll pay the we'll pay the gas bill next month i need the i need this okay
1: yeah i need this i need this right now (laughs) okay
2: just to keep your brain going well here here's the next one Uh, you know how about this one practice mindfulness
1: Mm, mm mm-hmm mm-hmm Sure. Okay. mm, Like, I get it. Yeah. And, yes, it's good. You should be mindful. You should, like, be in the moment.
2: And take care of of yourself. whatever. You know, take care of your But sometimes
1: I'm like, all right, calm down. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) How about this one? Cook something new each week. That's That's, nice. I like that. That's nice, but that is very difficult. Yeah. That's – you got to do – I would do every other week. Okay. At least that's
2: something – Right.
1: Yeah, you can't put it on yourself like that because you know it's going to turn <laughs> yeah, into yeah. a big giant. Yeah. Um, because you're gonna you're gonna freak out. You're gonna. Be and like, then you you I gotta do it. I gotta do it. And then right. Yeah.
2: And then you it's unneeded stress. How about exactly. just saying something like? How about just saying something like that? I resolve to cook more new stuff this year instead of like every week I have right. to have a new. Th- you know.
1: Yeah, that's a lot to put on you every week because yeah. you got to yeah. look that stuff up as right. colin likes to uh say he doesn't he i enjoy it i like looking stuff up i like looking for new things and doing all that he hates it really he he is he is angry that he has to actually feed himself every so often <laughs> like you know you have to eat every few hours like he hates yeah, yeah. it that it's like <laughs> i have to think of something oh great <laughs> <laughs> that's that's and pretty cool the Idea of having to cook and yeah. get things together in a recipe like he hates that oh, he actually God. he calls it food homework
2: <laughs> oh wow okay all right well you know <coughs> you know to each you is- so well, i love it i love it i love it. yeah no name. i love it too love but it, so yeah.
1: so if if that's your resolution yeah i would not do once a week okay that's once a week a would be a little much ask.
2: okay Okay.
1: I would say, like, if you're not used to that, no, once a week is going to, that's going to crash and burn.
2: (laughs) I will say this. One of the lovely, lovely pleasures, and there are many, many uh, countless pleasures of being uh, the boyfriend of Julie, um, Mm -hmm. is that we love to, she loves to cook and we cook together. And I haven't done that in a really long time. And I loved cooking. I love cooking and I just hadn't done it. And now I'm cooking all the time. And, you know, and I'm helping Julie out in the, you know, we cook together and stuff. And I love that. I think it's Mm -hmm. great. Nice. But I, but again, I don't know about this new thing every week. That <laughs> might be a little much.
1: That's yeah. Again, it's, a, it's a lot. Like even even us that are veteran, you know, we like to do that. It yeah. still seems like a lot.
2: It does. It does. You're right. So let's like we can we can alter that too. Let's let's resolve to cook more new stuff during the year.
1: Yeah. Right. There I think go. that's probably the problem too with New Year's resolutions is that people go hard on these resolutions like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like once a week, I'm going to cook something yeah. new. And yeah. then, like, the, the second that that second week kicks in, and you go, yeah. fuck, I have yep. to cook something new again. I know. It's people are putting too much pressure on themselves.
2: I agree. Take it slow. Things. Gradually, <laughs> gradually make changes for the better in your life. Don't do it all yeah.
1: at once. Because right, How about are this like, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go every. I'm going to go every other day. It's like I uh, don't know. Yeah. Every morning You're I'm getting gonna... up
2: at six o'clock. I'm getting up at six it's o'clock like, every no. morning. I'm going to run twelve miles and lift fifteen thousand pounds over my head. You know, like that. No. It's like
1: nope. Don't nope. no no. Not a good idea. <laughs> okay.
2: Are you ready for more New Year's resolutions, Esmeralda? Yes. Read more books.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. That's good. I right? think I. I just. Uh, I was. Um, oh, now I don't remember what it was exactly, but it was some guy <laughs> sounds terrible. Right. it was it was some guy i was reading something i was reading um but it was a little quote from somebody um that said like if you don't read you only live one life but if you read oh you live unlimited lives Ooh. because you know you're always like learning things and you're yeah. like in st- if you read stories you're always like seeing um you know, on different, different worlds and different situations. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. All this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so, so it you, is, you like that one, read more books. No, I like, I like yeah. the reading thing, especially nowadays. I feel like people do not read. Mm-hmm. We do not read enough. Um, everything is cause we have such short attention spans. Now mm-hmm. we cannot <laughs> sit anywhere and read. And I commend people who, who do read. I try, like, I can't read off of a tablet. I don't know about I know. you.
2: I know. No, it's, I find it very But I weird. just can I have to actually have a book. I like to read out of a book.
1: Yeah, same. I, yeah. yeah. And also, Mark Cuban, there was a thing Mark Cuban said. He said, if you're not reading, you're screwed because you're not expanding your mind. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because, yeah, true. you're yeah. going to learn about stuff.
2: That's a good one, then. Read more books. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. ready for the next one, Ezra? Mm-hmm. This, this one's difficult for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: okay. Create... Create a cleaning schedule that you can stick to.
1: No again. again uh, make that schedule real light. because it's the same thing. It's the same. if you are not one see here's the thing with with these resolutions with yeah. the do it once a week. I'm gonna go every other day. I'm gonna get cleaning schedule. right. You're not doing that already. So you're not used to a regimented thing. Yeah. So yeah. if you then you're immediately like, "I'm doing doing now, starting today, we're doing it." It's like, yeah, that's not how that works. You have exactly. to be like kind you can't, to yourself. You,
2: you literally, yeah, exactly, be kind to yourself, and also you you literally can't change your DNA on January first. You know what I mean? Right. You can't it change your take, your behavior, and
1: you know, I don't. Know. Yeah, it takes 66 days to form a habit.
2: Wait what?
1: Sixty six days. Okay.
2: Yeah. Have you never did heard that, any of that? No. How did how did how did they come up with that number? How how was that scientifically uh, uh, brought about?
1: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just—it's researchers. Researchers uh, did. Okay. It's science.
2: <laughs> That's all. Yeah. They yeah. found
1: it took an a, an average of sixty six days to form, to a, form habit. a new habit. Okay. Mm hmm. All right. So think about that. That's like okay. a month. That's it's two, two months. months.
2: That's two <laughs> months. That's two solid months. That's two solid months. Two months. months. <laughs> yeah. To
1: get anything like really going. Yeah. So so it's you gotta think about that yeah. when you make these schedules and make these make these, these resolutions. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. All right. How about the next one here? Are you ready? Drink mm-hmm. less alcohol.
1: Yeah. And actually that's that's become quite a thing of um just in general, like you see ads and stuff for um like alternatives
2: you like mocktails and and yeah for like, like
1: mocktails and just like like things you would rather than drinking alcohol you there's like a thing for it's like just stuff that has like good for you things in it yeah or it's like stuff to like for your mind to like help you relax rather yeah. than because a lot of people use alcohol to relax.
2: That's exactly So right. now
1: there's like a there's a bunch of products and stuff. So it's kind of nice that you yeah. know, yeah. because then it's there's a lot of stuff that where it's like oh you get the kind of get the feeling the relaxation or whatever, yeah. but you don't then there's the not drunkenness mm-hmm. bit. I,
2: I I will say this that there are <laughs> there are a lot of um you know um you know maintaining sobriety is not the easiest thing in the world. I have to do it every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, but I will say this like you know experiencing a little bit of like some holiday parties and things like that and get-togethers and stuff where everybody's drinking. Mm-hmm. Um there are things that like I was drinking ginger beer which is non-alcoholic mm-hmm. and I in it you know it felt like I was part of the party, you know. And yeah. the can the can that I was drinking out had the word beer written on it but it's completely non-alcoholic and it tasted really good. It didn't taste like beer but it tasted good. And the ginger beer thing has been I've really I've I've dove into the world of ginger beer as well. <laughs> you know. Yeah, there uh, is
1: a lot of Yeah. Yeah. There's so, the, so much there is a lot of stuff now. Yeah. There's a lot of non-alcoholic um mm-hmm. drinks now. Mhm. Um beers, non-alcoholic beers. Yep. Um because there is a huge They're, you know, companies are starting to see it. There's a huge thing of people not drinking as much. Right, right. And not wanting to drink, but they still want to be exactly like you said, like with the gingerbread, you still want to be part of the party or whatever. Yeah, I
2: you was at a no Christmas. <laughs> I was at a Christmas I was at a Christmas party last week with Julie and it was, you know, in, in her neighbor with her neighbors and stuff and they, and everybody they busted out big bottles of wine and people were drinking cocktails and they were having beer and I was perfectly fine. You know what I mean? Like I felt mm-hmm. comfortable, I felt like I was part of the party. And, you know, they, they had a great supply of non-alcoholic ginger beer there. And I was like, all right, cool. This is awesome. So there are ways to do that. There are ways to cut back on your yeah. on your alcohol intake. I know it's tough. It's bad, and people make that resolution because the alcohol, uh, the alcohol intake that you want during the holidays is fucking huge. Like right now, if I were still a drinking man, yeah. I, I would be drinking like a fucking fish right now with all the shit that's happening to me <laughs> right now. Yeah. I mean, I would seriously, I would be polishing off a couple of bottles of Jameson every night. Um, you know, but there are alternatives, there are ways to do it, and uh, and it's hard because this time of year is when everybody's like, Man, I, and not only do you party a lot because of the holidays, but there's so much stress mm-hmm. and family shit going on, and that's why the whole drinking yeah. resolution happens at the beginning of the year. I gotta quit drinking, or I gotta select, I gotta cut down,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, you like you said, you party hard, yeah, man. um, these weeks because yeah. yeah the whole month of december and november because yeah. november there's thanksgiving absolutely and then december is just like all yep. all party time <laughs> yes it is. all I'm party saying, yes. like it doesn't matter it's all yep. because it's the holidays Yep. um so then yeah you get burnt out that's why like, yep. yeah a lot of people too just they a lot of the thing is they they do a no what is it a no beer january or no whatever yeah, they'll yeah. do like right january they'll be like no more we're not drinking for the whole month a
2: dry yeah dry january yeah that's it there you go yeah dry january yeah dry january
1: because yeah yeah, you're i mean even for people who are drinking it gets to be a lot absolutely like people who (laughs) just who maybe you don't have any like you are perfectly healthy in your drinking habits but yeah the holidays Uh, just make it like times 10 so yeah you get real burnt out real quick
2: yeah so that's a good resolution. That's a good resolution to have every year. So to try to cut down on the booze. Yeah. Um, so all right. How about this one? Here's another one. Commit to a healthier sleep routine. Yes. Okay. See, I
1: like these.
2: Okay. All right. Now you're now we're getting into some of the resolutions that you can. You well, can, I like them because can...
1: you know what? At least these are vague. <laughs> because no, but like you know you can't know you again yeah, like yeah. the once a week make yeah. something right. Around. So
2: this this one here this um um. Commit to a healthier sleep routine is not like this, you know. It's not like like go to bed every night at nine 8, nine p.m. and wake up at seven thirty. You know what I mean, like that. Yes, it's that not, that it it's like not that specific. It's not that specific. I got it.
1: Sixty six days. <laughs> yeah, sixty six days. It's gonna be days, two months. Right. Two months to do anything that's gonna 66
2: stick. No, sixty six days. They ought to make Cause... a movie called 66 Days." You know, because they Amazing. already have a movie called they had a movie called Twenty Eight Days, because that's when you're supposed to get sober in Twenty Eight Days when you go to a rehab. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause, you know, because that works every time. Twenty Eight Days. Oh yeah, I'm sober. <laughs> uh but that movie was with sandra bullock
1: yeah they haven't so i like 66
2: days they could do a sequel with sandra bullock called 66 days
1: call call uh i will call up all your movie people yeah you know me
2: i got connections i can get sandra bullock on the phone anytime you know how that works
1: we have no storyline or anything just just the title it's enough i'm assuming that's it all
2: right how about this one join a club
1: Like just any club. Uh,
2: What does that mean? Starting a new hobby is one thing, but joining a club will help you meet people in the process. Uh, Sites like Meetup can help you find a group with of people with similar interests, and you can work on on creating meetups with new friends in the process. Creative clubs can also be a boom. Like if you want, if you have a crafting club or some shit like that. So you know, join a club. I
1: mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, Yeah. these are just (laughs) New Year's resolutions. um... It's a weird. I just didn't think clubs. I mean, clubs exist. Like, they do. No, <laughs> I just, they do. Yeah, I've yeah. never looked there's, looked into there's, it.
2: There's book clubs. I mean, those are very popular. Book clubs and stuff like that. Those are still a thing. And I think music clubs. I think people yeah. get together and listen to music, talk about it, and stuff like that. I mean, it's, that's 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 legit.
1: Of course, yeah. it's going it's to take that's sixty-six. Nice.
2: It's going to take sixty-six days for you to get to get used to the jag-offs You're in the new
1: club with. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, that's the issue. I think the, my issue is the people. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Although you hope. You hope yeah. because you have it, similar interests, yeah. they will be people. They, they wouldn't be Jagops. Yeah, they wouldn't be jagoffs. Right.
2: It will t- it'll take, takes more than... I know for, for you and me, well. it takes more than 66 days to like somebody. <laughs>
1: well, so here's the thing. This is going to... I feel like... <laughs> the club is going to be either great or terrible right? because what will happen is, oh, you'll like these people. You'll be like, oh, yeah, they're really cool, and yeah. they like the same things I like. Or, oh, my God. They're the yeah. worst people ever, and yeah. ugh, they like the same things I like. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's
2: interesting. I was lucky enough, and you know this, Esmeralda, I was lucky enough to host a film club every, every month, and I did that mm-hmm. for seven mm-hmm. or eight years. And I liked those people. You know, we eventually we all got yeah. together. Maybe it took 66 days. I don't know. But, I, <laughs> but it was only once a month, so it's, it wasn't like we did it every – you know, it was once a month. And, and, the, the, and the regulars who came, and they came – we had a lot of regulars show up at that. You went to a few of them. You know that. Yeah. Um and I liked those people and we did have that in common and it was fun. So that was fun. I mean, you know, start a club maybe. I don't know. I was I was in, a, There's in, a, in that a, too. I was in an advantageous position to be able to start a club that people could come to, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah. All right. All right. here's one that comes up every every uh every year. Quit smoking.
1: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That
2: doesn't apply to us because we don't smoke. So um yeah. no. how about this one, Esmeralda? Learn to love vegetables.
1: Learn to love what
2: vegetables
1: oh, I already love vegetables, yeah, me too <laughs> you were a grown come on yeah. like you were a grown grown adult
2: yeah, get over the spinach well, thing eat your and fucking stupid eat stupid vegetables
1: yeah. <laughs> eat your stupid vegetables
2: I, I we you know we've talked about this in the past, esmeral i I, I think you know because because I was not I was a joy to feed when I was a kid. Literally, because like my, you know, you could feed, I would eat anything. I loved it all. I loved broccoli. I loved spinach. All the shit that people hated, you know, that kids are supposed to. I loved liver and onions. I loved all of that stuff. So I was not like a pain in the ass as a kid to, you know, like eat your vegetables. They never had to ask me twice. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't, I was the same. I didn't, I ate for a minute. I didn't like uh, onions, mm-hmm. Um, but there was never a time when, like, I refused to eat something. The only things in my house that I wouldn't eat was because it would be too spicy for me. So then, like, I would there would be an alternative that I uh, would figure. My mom yeah. would, so she makes like um, poblano peppers. Mm, she yeah. stuffs them with cheese, oh. and then you know they're they they can be spicy. Yeah, so then can. my mom, so they have a they have a coating on the outside with that's made with egg. So she would from that make me a little omelet. Oh, see? <laughs> make me go. a little cheese omelet. Yeah. That <laughs> but works. now I, I I absolutely love those peppers. Yeah. So. No, they're I great. grew wow. out of it. Yeah. I grew right. out of the that's spicy thing. Yeah, that's what happened. All right, how about this? But yeah, I actually I eat more vegetables than my parents do. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm not I yeah, I mean I eat vegetables all the time and I, I I've yeah. never had I've never that's that was that's
2: never been a resolution that I've had to make. Eat more vegetables. I like vegetables. Yeah. Learn to like veg fuck off. I love vegetables. <laughs> you
1: know yeah. I mean? If anything, I... eat more like varied. Yes.
2: Yes. There like, that's, the that's a good one. and go
1: find more of them. Yeah, I guess. Find
2: some unusual different vegetables ones. and some different exactly. greens. Get some different Yeah, green- yeah absolutely. Yeah. But but like learn to like vegetables, that's not something that need somebody yeah, no. anybody needs to tell me. How about this? Become a plant owner.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. I that's that's a difficult
2: it is right
1: (laughs) i've been trying for years yeah i I know uh, i actually just i found a so i i am i volunteered at a food pantry right and we had this week um we were giving away poinsettias Mm. and we had like little ones and kind of bigger ones and uh when i was leaving i saw somebody well i didn't see anybody do it i just found the plant Mm -hmm. was like thrown on the ground and i think it was the ones that we had (laughs) so i don't know they just took the pot they just wanted the pot oh i see i found it on the ground and it had all the 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 roots and everything still and i was like i'm gonna take it home and plant it and see what happens Mm -hmm. it should be fine and then i forgot to put it in the i didn't have time when i brought it home and i just let it sit there and the next day it was looking a little rough yeah um so I did put it in dirt and watered it. So we'll hopefully see. We'll see what happens. Well, at least you're tr- you're it's trying. You're trying. <laughs> I survives. Mean, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: you know, your your intention is
2: is lovely. You know what I mean? It is. I'm just not I'm, a plant. I'm not, I'm not, not a plant much. person. I'm not a plant person. Yeah. If if somebody were to buy me a plant, it would be dead in three days. That's just <laughs> just not...
1: Wow. I'm not, I'm not. I not would a plant. love to be a plant person. Yeah, but for some reason, I my just, girlfriend
2: is. My girlfriend is totally a plant. Yeah, person. yeah.
1: My mom is a huge plant person. She just yeah. it just comes naturally. Yeah, I think and it she is. Grows I think every it plant. might be. I got to tell you, something that might be in
2: the genes, Esmeralda. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it might. be- Well, it be didn't and, get on. It, didn't it get did. on
1: my side. Apparently. <laughs>
2: Because uh, my yeah. mom
1: has a huge green thumb, and I yeah. murder. Most I'm trying of the to. Re- right I'm home. trying to remember <laughs> if
2: anybody on either side of my family. I don't think I've ever had any green thumbs in my family. Honestly, I really don't. Mm. Uh, although my, my, I will say, my mom grew up on a farm, so okay. <laughs>
1: So but there you that's go. That's different, but gi- that one different. giant group yeah. thumb.
2: Yeah, I mean she lived on a, <laughs> on a on a on a you know on a farm for many years. And so on my mom's side of the family, there are a lot of farmers and people who know plants and things like that. But like house plants and things around the house or maybe a little garden in mm-hmm. the back, never. <laughs> no. Uh it's interesting.
1: So mm, yeah. All right. Mm.
2: How about this one? Take the stairs. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> uh How about this one? Oh, here's I one. I
1: hate taking the. Yeah.
2: yeah, no. I, if there's an escalator, I'm on it. If there's an elevator, I take it. I don't give a shit. I'll I walk obviously.
1: up the escalator. Yeah, yeah. Does slowly, that-
2: <laughs> slowly. I will. Yeah. Wait, it's 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 got a job to do. I let the escalator do its job. I don't want to feel like True. the escalator. You know what I mean? I don't want to feel like the
1: escalator is slacking. You know. Yeah, we don't want him to feel bad either. I, I, like, I no, you're doing a great job. You're
2: doing a gra- I tap him on his little rubber handle. I like, yay. you like, go
1: good up. job. <laughs> nice job. All
2: right. How about this one? Now, here's one that, you know, fuck off when I read this, okay? Mm. Start doing yoga with your partner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, God. I tried.
2: Yeah. Did uh, you try yoga?
1: You tried yoga? I can't. We've tried. I, you know, I I don't mind yoga. I like I like it. I just yeah. have never gotten into a habit of of doing 66 it. days. Is, you need 66 right. days. Yeah. But it is I mean, it's nice like every so often I'll like YouTube. Like, you know, sure. yoga yeah. for back pain or yoga for yeah. whatever. Yeah. They got and you know, there's nice little stretches and things. But me and me and Colin tried to do um wasn't yoga it was just hip stretches uh-huh. um because one of your big issues is your hips your hips because if you're just sitting for yep. a long time everywhere yep. you get really tight hips but we were trying to do it and it's just funny because we don't have that much space mm-hmm. but you don't need a lot of space but still it was just it was very cramped us trying to do these stretches and then just a lot of us going oh god yeah because it hurt. it's like you know we're all crickety yeah. Um and it's yeah, yeah. very it it can be painful, especially my, uh, Colin. My, he's my,
2: he's very <laughs> ty- My uh, my my girlfriend, my uh, Julia has had her hip replaced. She had her hip replaced last year?
1: No. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And she's like it, it's like she's it, she said it's fucking unbelievable the difference. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like uh she she could do things, you know, like with her with her leg and getting up and down and stuff like that that she could not do for a long time. It should, the, she said the difference is amazing and her recovery was was pretty quick. So yeah, know, but that's what happens. Like she's in her fifties, man, and that's what happens. You know, when you you hit those ages, you're like, yeah, uh, I think I'll have my hip replaced. But it worked, and she's great. She's in great shape, so it's cool. But I can understand hips hurt. <laughs> they hurt. Yeah, yeah. And then
1: if you're trying to make them feel better, no. But yeah. it's, it was just a lot of. It's not. It's not the relaxing thing mm-hmm. that you expect. <laughs> All right, now here's <laughs> one. Here's another. Here's another yeah. resolution. And I can't.
2: Well, also, I, the, the whole thing about plan yoga with your partner. Fuck off. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> my ex-wife used to. Because the-
1: you're expecting it's gonna be like, ah, oh, it's beautiful. Let's light some candles. Yeah, like you, you,
2: you hold my leg and I'll hold yours while you stretch.
1: Like, get the fuck out of here.
2: <laughs> my ex-wife used to do that Bikram shit where you'd be in a room where it's 300 yeah. degrees. Yeah, Yeah, and I she tried would she one. she would come home with a plastic bag and her clothes were in it, sopped. Like sopping yeah. with soap, with, with, and she'd be like, her, her skin would be completely deep, bright red. I'd be like, how the fuck
1: is this pleasurable
2: for any human? You know,
1: I, mean, I don't, it's, I don't, it is, well, yeah, I'm, it's, I mean, pretty funky. My, um, a friend of mine, he calls it the farts and feet yoga. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although I think that's like all of it, but that one uh, in uh, particular yeah. because it yeah. is hot. Yeah. So then it's just like anything like odor wise, it's yeah. just like even it's it's, it's, it's,
2: it, it's multiplied. Yeah, yeah. It's multiplied.
1: Yeah, exactly. Farts and feet. Uh, I love that. Farts and feet uh-huh. yoga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's rough. Yeah, it I tried is. doing it. It's a I the battle half the battle was getting there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Going in. I mean I listen,
2: because, I, I, yeah. I, I I hate heat so much. You wouldn't catch me fucking dead in there. I mean, not, mm, in, a, not yeah. in a million, when it gets above 80, I want to just kill everybody. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. fucking hate, I, I hate humid. heat, I hate humidity, I hate it more than, I, w- I would rather there would be 27 inches of snow and it'd be 95 below than be 85 with high humidity. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I would much rather, I hate hot weather. I hate it. So yeah, the idea of spending there. no god the idea of spending an hour in a room full of sweaty people farting, you know, with high humidity get the that's that's like a that's my hell. Like if I were consigned to a level of hell, that would be it. Would be Bikram yoga. Would be my level of hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Noted. Okay, two more cancel, resolutions.
1: Cancel. Two, uh, yeah. Gift certificate. Oh, did you did you got me a gift certificate? Did you for that? <laughs> Nick, I got you a bicker got it. <laughs> got
2: to get refund on gifts or tips okay
1: uh, <laughs>
2: okay, two more here on this list and then uh, of of um resolutions. you let me know if you think these two are now this one i I think you do, and I think you do this yearly, and it's one of the things mm-hmm. that it's one of the things that I think is cool and one of the things that I admire that you 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 do uh and you it is they say plan a vacation,
1: ah yes.
2: And I know that you do that regularly. You go away, you know, um, yeah. and as much as you can, you know, and it's not like you're its not like you loaded. It's not like you can afford to go a bunch of places, but you do make it a priority to at least put a little money aside to go on a vacation. And you find that, and I always find that really wonderful that you do that. I've always found that really cool
1: yeah. that you do that. I've actually, I just, uh, we just planned, we got, uh, we're going back to Mexico in March.
2: See, there you go. That's um, awesome.
1: I'll have to give you those dates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got a little but, while um, to go.
2: We got a little while to go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, we yeah, and I, I set aside my little my little going to Mexico fund.
2: Yeah. There you
1: uh,
2: go. Yep. So that's that's one that you do. You don't yeah. need that one as a resolution. You do that already. And I always admire that about you. I think that's always cool that you and Colin, you and Colin now always do that. And I think that's great. I think it's fucking yeah. good to do and
1: that. And it's not it hasn't, but we we try to find well, one, we're not very like extravagant. Yeah. When we travel. Yeah. So we we don't really like Oh, we must stay at the nicest yeah. hotel and the whatevers, and yeah. buy all this and do all that. So we, yeah, it did. the The budget isn't yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah,
2: it's true. You it's can doable. do it even, even, even without a lot of dough. You can go on vacation. I mean, it's good yeah. for your, it's yeah, good for yeah. your, it's good for your mind. It's good for your body. It's good for your soul. You know what I mean to do that kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm, awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then this is the last one: head to a day spa.
1: I mean, yeah,
2: if you can, sure,
1: right, yeah, if you can. They're expensive.
2: They are, man. That's a lot. Of, you're gonna drop a lot of dough. That's a lot of money. You know? I
1: always try to look into those, thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna go to a day spot. And Then I go, "Oh no, yeah, <laughs> this is very expensive." Jesus Christ!
2: the The facial is three hundred dollars just for a facial. Like, what? Oh the?
1: God! I'll what? stay in my house and just take a bath. Uh, how I much guess. does it?
2: How much does it cost to put
1: rocks on my chest? What the fuck? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although I will say, um, a cheap alternative but you yeah. you must be comfortable with with yourself yeah. is to go to king spa which is um i think it's in skokie technically um but king spa it's a korean spa
2: oh um, oh yeah 24 hours yeah 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 yeah. i know that, that place, place yeah great. yeah yeah no no i know i know you and colin told me all about that we talked about that uh, years ago on the on the on mm-hmm. the car wall at the mm-hmm. car wash we talked about your adventures at that place yeah yeah. yeah and
1: that's yeah. it's on the cheaper side. It's like we got, 40 bucks, but you we, can get coupon. There's always coupons. Of course, yeah, no you can but, find you can
2: find deals. Yeah. We got a place here in Chicago right not far on the northwest side on Irving, not about a mile and a half west of where I live and it's part of Jolly Time or Jolly Room or something. It's a banquet room. But they mm-hmm. have they have salt caves. That you can do,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, and and I and I've not gone, but I have friends who've gone there. And this is this is at, at right across the street from the jewel my dad used to work at, like literally across the street. They have salt mm-hmm. caves that you can go to, and I've heard nothing but great things about that. How relaxing they are and how cool it is, and that's not very expensive at all, you know.
1: Yeah, so there's ways to get around this whole day spa business. Day spa
2: shit. Yeah, you don't have to be rich. <laughs> so. all, right. all right, well, I hope you have. I hope you have a uh, you have a fantastic 2020. Well, we got one more show that we're going to do before. Uh, 2024 technically begins Mm. but but, yeah so there's some resolutions for us to think about and I'm just going to concentrate entirely on uh, on the 66 days thing that's fascinating to me
1: (laughs) (laughs) 66 days of doing the one thing
2: that's exactly right I didn't know that till now I learned something spectacularly new today yeah there you go Right. And well, that's Ezra... why you
1: probably you think of your habits, and you go, "Oh, that's why it didn't work." That's why it didn't work. <laughs>
2: I didn't do it for sixty six days. Now I know. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks, Esmeralda, and uh, and uh, we'll have we have another show before the end of the year. So we'll we'll talk more about this kind of stuff, and we'll get back to the dumb warnings and people being stupid because there's always time for that.
1: <laughs> that's oh, not going to go. It's not going to go away. Uh, that is so, all the time <laughs>
2: if you want to be a sponsor into this year and into next year please do if you got to advertise something with us you can sales at radiomisfits.com Leave your messages, your voicemail, 247 773 7, Drop us an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Jason Skaggs does all the music and the sound and the themes and all that cool stuff. Please take the time to share, rate, review us on every platform. Check out radiomisfits.live, our 24-hour streaming service. My thanks to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. The next time that we speak, Jim Ryan will be here. He's our music guy. Uh, writes for Forbes, The Daily Herald. We'll talk all about the year in music for 2023 and some of the concerts and things that he's seen. So that's all coming up, and my thanks to Dan Feinberg, and my thanks to you, Esmerelda, you rule. Oh, Thank you. We will see you next time on the Nick D Podcast.